Welcome to the Scare Guy. This week we have some very special guests from Stan Against Evil, from the Warner Brothers lot, and the Silver Screams blog. Plus, we say goodbye to horror legend Toby Hooper. This is Season 1, Episode 3 of The Scare Guy. Glad to have you. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's The Con Guy. That is wow. That's awesome. Come on, let's choreograph it. Welcome to the, the Scare Guy. <laughs> We're so glad to have you guys tonight. This is, like we said, season one, episode three. We have some great guests with us tonight, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And I will eventually get it right. It's Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper. Every time I see his name, it's Toby Hooper. I had to ask everybody's name. Toby? 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 It's, it's not your fault. Yeah, it's not your fault that his first name is spelled incredibly silly. I know, I know. He's a he's a silly but great man that has a lot of films we're going to talk about tonight. So anyways. Toby or not Toby? Oh, it is Toby. That's the question. There we go. Ah, I am Jim Fry. I'm the managing editor for The Scare Guy, which is the scarier side of the con guy. We celebrate everything that's scary fun. You can find me at Con Guy Jim. And we have a lot of awesome guests in the house with us tonight. Who do we have right next to me? Uh, I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can tweet me at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. Nice. I am uh, Mick Ignis, portrayer of perplexing people, mystifying monsters, and all things in between. And you can see me on Stand Against Evil and a bunch of other monster-related contents. The scariest guy I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm horrifying. <laughs> Jake Thomas, movie buff, tour guide, at JT Hummus, like the dip. <laughs> and I'm Cheeseman on the chair, not on the couch today, but you can find me at ConGuyLuke on Twitter and on the ScareGuy.com and the Instagram and Twitter. So thank you very much for tuning in this week. Uh, it's another episode of The Scare Guy. We hope you guys will um, subscribe to the, the show here. I keep on looking over here. I don't know why this is where I should be looking. Right? Right? <laughs> there's so many good cameras. Well, there's the master from. shot right there's there. There's the master shot. There's this shot. All Usually fails, you always here. fall back on your master. My phone is way over there. I just <laughs> feel just completely looking at his naked. Phone. It's just an He got like three texts. We got That's a lot of good stuff right happening here. tonight. Yeah. So we are going to quickly get to... Um, to- Toby Hooper and his great films, and we're going to have a little bit of fun with that. But first, let me go ahead, and uh, we're going to start something different this week. Usually we wait a little bit. We're getting right up front. How many days to Halloween? Can you go ahead and play the, the theme for us, Mr. Producer? And we didn't set him up right. He's, we have he's, no theme. <laughs> There's no theme. No, we do. We do. Isn't this is. your favorite? <laughs> we like to play this Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it's going to be in my head for years now. <laughs> All right. Sleep well. We just wanted, we like to always play that right here at the beginning before we jump into the bulletin board of what's coming up in the horror circuit. So, September 8th and through the 10th in Indianapolis, we have this great big convention called Horror Hound. It's a, a great big thing. Our buddy Jake is going to be going to it with his wife and reporting back and all the cool stuff he has over there. Um... Son of Monster Palooza. Who at the table is going to Son of Monster Palooza? My I, hands up. I don't have tickets yet, but it's in Burbank. I definitely want to go. I'm in. I'm sure I'm going to be promoting some sort of cool thing there. This will be like my 
fifth or sixth year of Monster Palooza. It just keeps getting better. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mick's a real life monster, so we're going to go over some of his stuff later. And, I'll and go show if you. my mom lets me go. My mom's going to be in town. I, I don't know if she'll let me go That's, to the Monster Convention. Oh, we'll see. Maybe she'll let me. Moms love Monster Palooza. Mom's going to go in there first and just make sure that there is nothing scary like <laughs> under your bed or in your closet. Well, just, get, just tell I'll you close, no, there's nothing really there. Monster no, Palooza no. is actually like, it's, it's such a wonderful family event in the sense that like the guy who runs it, it's his entire family who's basically like part of the operation, including the woman who does all the PA announcements for Monster Palooza, who everyone lovingly calls Mama Palooza. Aww. Because it's the guy who runs the event's mother, and her voice is like, Welcome everyone to another year of Monster Palooza. We have a bunch of great monsters and scary things for you to see. This we we love her so much. She's That's just amazing. Like, Do you know how many years they've been doing it? Because oh, man, well, now ever they, since I've lived in LA, I've been aware of it. it seems like well, now many. they've been now now yeah. they do two a year. So yeah, so this I, is I've actually lost track. This is son of Monster Palooza that's coming up September fifteenth through seventeenth at the Ooh. Burbank Marriott. Monster Palooza is in the first part of the year. So yeah, they've grown. Well, son of used to yeah used to, used to make because it, it was the supposedly the smaller Monster Palooza, but now it's just as big. Like yeah. they don't lose any traction of people going to this thing. So there's a, a lot more festivals and things happening. The Mothman Festival, September 16th through 17th in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Scarefest Horror and Paranormal Ooh. Convention, September 9th through October 1st in Lexington, Kentucky. CreepyCon. What a name. October 13th through 15th in Haunted Sands Hotel in up in Canada, Edmonton. Also October 13th through 15th, Rock and Shock, Worcester, Massachusetts. Isn't it a great name, Rock and Shock? I mean, that sounds like it should be like a, a horror rock opera celebration. <laughs> it just might be. I feel like they came up with the name for the convention first, and then what, <laughs> like, and what if we had a convention called there. Rock and Shock? Well, listen, it rhymes, it's going to be great. Also October 13th through 15th, Fear Feet, that's F-E-T-E, so if you guys are... Don't know how to spell. Um, <laughs> Biloxi, Mississippi has been voted America's favorite horror convention. Not Whoa. to be confused with the podiatry convention. <laughs> <laughs> or the people who are afraid of feet, also yeah. known as Feet Fear Con. Which, oh yeah, gosh. that's an entirely different type of scary crowd. <laughs> then there's the people who love feet. That's your other Twitter yeah. account, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's no, no, no. Well, so she is not the... Who, you're, you are not who? I am not the... Uh, there's a more infamous Megan Salinas... Uh, who happens to be a porn star, and her Twitter handle is Megan Salinas XXX. If you're interested in following her, and we'll have her letters. after these messages. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. She's more uh, interesting. I got gotcha. you. Spooky Empire, <laughs> October 27th through 29th in Orlando. They call themselves the largest horror convention in the U.S. and fan. Famous and famous monsters of Filmland Bash is October 27th through 29th up in San Jose, California. There's a whole lot of horror conventions coming up. So much to to. Um, Oh, there's one more thing. I wrote it, wrote it here. Special announcement. Also coming up this Thursday night at 8 p.m., August 21st, Knott's Berry Farm is having their special announcement of all the horror <gasps> mazes and things they're going to be having. Yay! It's going to be really cool. And it was also announced today that Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights, their new maze that they announced today was, did you guys see it? Uh, I, I Insidious. Missed. Insidious. Insidious. Four chapters. All four chapters. Exciting. That was uh, it was the year before last. I went. I went on the Insidious maze, and that was without a doubt the one of the scariest mazes I've ever experienced at the park. Uh, it was yeah. On it point. was terrifying. Did uh, you do the Michael Myers one where they had all the mannequins in the maze? Oh, yeah. so, yeah. good. so good. So good. Yeah. So good. See, that's that's what I love so much about like Horror Nights specifically is because they work directly with these properties. Yeah. If you know the film and you like the film, there's no difference between. 
walking into this set and walking directly into the film set. I mean, it, it's it's perfect. Oh, I, I tell you what, nobody does good IP intellectual property <laughs> like Universal Studios when it comes to Horror Nights I and the want, costumes too. Yeah, I do want to ask though, did I miss an Insidious film because I saw the promo and it was like all four chapters? I was like, was the fourth one a direct to DVD? I didn't know I, there was a fourth I one. I do not or recall might, there it being might be a fourth coming one. out. It might be coming out. This, that would this make fall. sense, or, but I haven't heard anything about it. Or I think this, the other title is Sinister 2. Uh, double check the back of your DVDs or Blu-rays. I mean, they are, yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right. This week we lost uh, someone very special to the horror community, one of the most legendary filmmakers in, in, um, in horror, Toby Hooper. Um, who made one of my favorite ghost stories of all time, which is Poltergeist. And we're going to be flashing a couple of pictures up there for you guys to see. Um, He also created perhaps one of the most uh, notorious villains in horror cinema, Leatherface. Um, So here's some of the films that Toby Hooper has done. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Poltergeist, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Funhouse, Lifehouse. He likes his houses. (laughs) (laughs) Eaten Alive, and one of my all-time favorite, favorite TV movie, Salem's Lot, which scared oh, yeah. the bejesus out of oh, me yeah. when I was a little kid. I mean, I, w- I just had nightmares for weeks when I was a little kid about that vampire coming up, floating on the window. <laughs> Hanging out right by the window. Scratching. Yeah. That was terrifying. That was terrifying. So in honor of Tobe Hooper, we're doing week two of our slasher showdown, which is Leatherface versus Norman Bates. Why are we choosing Norman Bates? Do you guys know? Because they're mm. both based off real-life serial killer Ed Gein. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. A lot of people you don't know, know that. History. There's another person who's ba- there's another horror villain based off Ed Gein, too. Oh, that'd be Buffalo Bill from The Silence of the Lambs. Isn't yeah. Great? Is he getting royalties off of any <laughs> Well, he's dead, so... Hopefully not. <laughs> All right. His furniture sold well, though, which we'll talk about. It's, so, it's like in the 50s is when this... I guess we didn't have so many serial killers back then. Well, it's funny, too, because he actually didn't even... Like as far as serial killers go, in, in terms of infamous serial killers, he actually didn't kill that many like people. Two or three? Yeah, it was really just not. Again, uh, compared to a lot of really infamous serial killers that are like the go-to, he was mostly a grave robber, mm-hmm. which is how he decked out his entire house. I'm not. I'm not defending the man. But, but, <laughs> but I have to say, the he man. Wasn't that good. Are you saying the Hollywood exaggerated branding. the truth? <laughs> the man knows branding. Oh he knows, knows marketing, and this PR person was great. So. <laughs> he clearly had a Hollywood hookup somewhere. Yeah. I highly recommend, uh, there's a book called Alfred Hitchcock and the Making of Psycho by Stephen Ribello. The very first chapter talks about the true story. I won't go into the gruesome detail about what the officers found in Ed Gein's house, but oh, it goes into it in the oh, book, yeah. and it is jaw-dropping. For the true crime oh, Literally junkie. jaw-dropping, like no Ooh, mandibles gross. disconnected from. Uh, for for <laughs> true crime junkies out there, I recommend uh, last podcast on the left, they did, I want to say like a two or three-part series on on Ed Gein. Oh, Ed really? Gein. Yeah, so. Oh, I'm so going to check that out. They, have, have they any, will definitely dig into that. Have any of you been to the Museum of Death in Hollywood? No. On Hollywood Boulevard? No. Yes. Tell it me about is, it. I, I, I made my first, uh, my first trip there pretty recently with a friend, and they have the most insane blood-curdling collection of actual serial killer memorabilia, Damn. including things from Ed Gein, tons of Charles Seriously? Manson, a bunch of John Wayne, like an entire room of John Wayne Gacy. It is like, I, I mean, I... I'm surrounded by this stuff at all times, and I thought that like nothing can really like make my skin crawl. This place succeeded. This is this is the most intense sort of experience for anybody who's like fascinated by this sort of world of like real life horror that you can possibly imagine. And, I always thought that the Museum of Death was wasn't it put on by okay. 
I'm just saying this. I am not meaning to offend anybody. I thought it was put on by the Scientologists and they didn't like aspirin. You're no, 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 confusing that, that's you're, that's, you're that's confusing that with Psychiatry and Industry of Death, which is on Sunset Oh, Boulevard. that's what I thought yeah. it was. Oh, so now I can go just see the name this of the thing. museum. No. Just <laughs> saying the <laughs> literal name of the museum that's on just, the sign. Just, just make sure you put the right one into Google Maps. <laughs> you'll see, you'll see a, a, a massive skull paint on the outside, but like I, I didn't and know. And Ron Hubbard on the inside? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? As long as they don't ask for your social security number. They're going to your stress levels before you get in there and make sure it's okay to go to the museum. This sounds like a really bad Tootsie Roll pop. <laughs> Skulls on the outside, Elron Hubbard on the inside. That's a blow pop. With a tasty nuggety Elron center. How, how many licks does it take to get to the center? Oh Elron Hubbard. <laughs> so, in honor of Toby Hooper this week, we are going to have the uh, killer showdown with Leatherface versus Norman Bates. But as we think about that, very quickly, one, two, three, first time guests on the show, yep. when did it start for you? Oh, man. Oh, um,. I, I'm going to go ahead Horror and, we're talking about, by the way. I mean, I, I was a kid in, um, you know, the early 90s. I am barely I was barely born in the, the decade of the 80s. And so I grew, up, I grew up in a lot of, like, when, like, Goosebumps and Are You Afraid mm-hmm. of the Dark was, like, marketed to kids. But it really started for me when um, I first saw it, uh, a preview for Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Well, that's a good way to start. The preview scared the dickens out of me. <laughs> but then I caught the very tail end of it on HBO. When it when it started airing and my parents were just flipping through the channels one day and I saw it and I was like I have to see the rest of this Nightmare Before Christmas scared the dickens out of you that was good but um Tish um, but and so when I finally got to see the entire movie uh, that was like probably the first movie I was straight up like obsessed with and it went from there although it did take a while for me to like get acclimated to straight up horror. Yeah. Um, and, and Poltergeist played a role in like taking extra time with that because that movie also scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Mick. I got attached to this stuff very early on and starting with the classics too. I mean, I, my, my earliest memories of horror goes back to like the original Bela Lugosi, Dracula, Boris Karloff, Frankenstein, nice. yeah. Nature from the Black Lagoon and a, a lot of that was just, you know, my you know, being passed on to me by my dad who uh, used to watch a lot of stuff with his grandfather and my great-grandfather was a big fan of like horror and personally like worked with Rod Serling a lot in the 1950s wow. really? and everything. Right so, you know, it, that, right there yeah, on the shirt. There right you there, go, right, right there. there. Uh, so, you know, that that's kind of like followed me through my family and um, you know I remember growing attached to the stories of these characters so early on not just in like the, the, the sort of aspect of being terrified by them but this very surreal dark fantastical world that, that you know was created at that time this amazing atmospheric quality uh, as far as the slasher stuff went I remember being terrified by Jason Voorhees at a very early age I remember waking up to any nightmare and literally in my head as a child would hear ch <laughs> That's How amazing. early an age are we talking that you started watching Jason? Oh, like three or four. Oh, God. No, I have oh. very, very <laughs> irresponsible parents. <laughs> so you never played hockey then? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. The, between the, but I think it was that and Pet Cemetery were the truly, oh, I loved uh, it. truly no, just no, 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 damaging, <laughs> therapy inducing oh films gosh. I saw. Jeebus. But, but I turned out. I mean, not fine, but, you know, at least I have a job. It's, it's been very lucrative for you. It's been lucrative. I mean, I'm glad. Now you're scaring seat. other little kids. Yeah. As long as I can pass my psychosis on to future generations, I'm good. Jake. It was a summer afternoon. Oh, Ooh, story. it's a story. Oh. At the 10-feeder multiplex in Canton, Ohio. 
<laughs> Sitting down in the darkened theater, I didn't know what frighten, frightening images awaited me as, this, as the lights flickered on, and I started watching the opening scene from the Hulk Hogan movie, Suburban Command. <laughs> <laughs> That would do it to me. History's greatest monster. <laughs> In which, whenever the villain suffered physical pain, he mutated into an alien beast. So frightening. So fearful. I fled from the theater. Not once. But twice. <laughs> and that's where it started. You came back and went, left again, huh? I came back. Well, my father had to come and say, it's okay. <laughs> He came back for the Christopher Lloyd scene. It's, it's, it's funny, believe me, it's funny, Jay. I was frozen today! <laughs> and then it happened again at the end, and I was like, nope. If it makes you feel better, I was, uh, when the 1998 uh, remake of The Mummy came out, uh, that was, like, the Scarab Beatles scare. Oh, Scarab, like, yes. Oh, oh yes, man. yeah. I had trouble getting to sleep that night. And, like, now I watch that movie, and I'm like... <laughs> Oh. I know that because um, the CGI hasn't aged. It's actually well, for the first but... one, it hasn't aged terribly. It's the Mummy Two, where it's like, oh, woof. The oof. Scorpion King at the end, right? Scorpion yeah. King. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we all just wanted the Dwayne Johnson to come out and literally fight Ronald oh Vosloo and Brendan Fraser. So we didn't need we CGI. Needed. Yeah. That's all we needed. I remember being a little kid. Like uh, speaking of, sorry, mom, irresponsible parents. <laughs> but you know, I, I was brought up. You know, my parents they made us go to Sunday school and church, and then there was this religious show on that they let us watch one day. It was called The Omen. And so, <gasps> yes. <laughs> no. I was huh. five years old. They said, this isn't no. bad. It's religious. <laughs> Gregory Peck's in it. Atticus Finch is in it. I just it. remember that guy's head go spinning when that yeah. plane of glass. Oh, I was geez. done. I was te- I was terrified. And we were screaming as little kids. I was like five years old. My dad goes, go downstairs. We'll be down there later. <laughs> the the, the, the Oming the, the is a religious movie in the same way Rosemary's, Bill, uh, Rosemary's Baby is about motherhood. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was next week. That was the next week. <laughs> The All same right, so way that Alien is, uh, you know, <laughs> about prenatal care. <laughs> so in honor of Tub Hooper, week two of our Slasher Showdown, Leatherface versus Norman Bates. I'm going to give you a topic. You guys all choose which who's the winner. For example, well, not for example, for instance, who's got the scariest story, in your opinion, between Leatherface and Norman Bates? Who has the scariest story? All right, is this a buzzer situation? Raise our hands. (laughs) Okay, if you think it's Norman Bates, I yeah, I'll go with I'll go with Psycho. Psycho, scarier. Yeah, Yeah, I think Psycho's the scarier story, personally. Cheeseman, Leatherface, a whole creepy family that wants to eat you. (laughs) (laughs) Scary. All right, you very scary. After after seeing the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie the first time. And just being in my room in the dark and seeing that family dinner with the oh, grandfather God, yeah. sucking off, you know, sucking on her <laughs> fingers and everything like that. Like, that family takes over, like, you know, a guy with mom problems any time yeah. for me. And, and honestly, like, I know they're creating a lot more, like, Leatherface backstory. I don't want to know that much. I don't either. Yeah, yeah, no. I've I didn't need it. Backstory <laughs> rarely works except for Bates Motel. The Bates Motel is a great show. Again, when you have time to properly develop it. Like, Worst uh, dinner guest. Norman Bates. Uh, Norman Bates. Norman Bates. <laughs> <laughs> He's just going to make things awkward. He just sits in the corner and watches you eat. <laughs> Which is that... He'll but he you. makes a great sandwich. Yes. <laughs> he makes a great sandwich, Norm. but then oh, he, makes he may a great come back sandwich. later. Norm, but see, I've met do, that guy. Do you want to, like, eat? No, no, I'm good over No, here. no, I have my seed. So, so <laughs> Norman Bates is worse than going to the other dinner where you might be eaten? At least they seem like they're having a good time. Okay. <laughs> 
And they no. definitely, they have even a seat for the guest of honor. Exactly. And, and the best chili in Texas. It's award winning. <laughs> Whose house would you rather stay overnight at? The Leatherface house or Bates Motel? Bates Motel. Yes. Bates Motel. Bates Motel. The pillows are very soft. And there's footage of him washing the sheets. (laughs) They have warm water for sure. Way cleaner. Way cleaner. The shower's great. 12 rooms, 12 vacancies, plenty of space. Invite your friends. With with Bates, you stand a chance. He's kind of like, you know, he's kind of like Hannibal Lecter, where it's like you don't want to be on his bad side, but otherwise you're good. He's just kind of awkward to be around. Or you can lock the bathroom door. (laughs) (laughs) But he's got his little peephole. Well, and also, if he owns the hotel, He's going to have keys to all the doors. All right, who has the best gift shop? Base Motel or Leatherface Home? If it's Halloween or regular all around. Honestly, I'm going to go with uh, Leatherface. I mean, have you seen the artisanal craftsmanship on all of their furniture and their little (laughs) knickknacks? If you need a lamp, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) But have you seen Norman's uh, taxidermy? It's Uh, like the bird. He's the guy. That's, I mean, but it's so uninspired. It's just, it's just taxidermy. You're, just like, you're it's not so going to see him do anything creative with the, the birds. Unless you touch. bring him something yeah. like a great, family though. pet, something to... Who would be a better member of your band? If you Leatherface. Had Leatherface. Leatherface. <laughs> Leatherface can rock. <laughs> if it's Slipknot. But if you want more of like a hipster band, I think Norman could be a little hipster Like acoustic guitar Norman's emo. Yeah, he's and def- emo is I can dead. definitely see him with a triangle <laughs> or like a tambourine. I got a feel if he can handle a chainsaw, he can probably handle a bass. Who makes the best steaks? Definitely uh, Leatherface's family. Yep. Yeah, they're, he's a great they're, butcher. They're all about cooking. As much as I hate to admit it, they are all about cooking. And last, final question. This is the one that counts because this determines who goes on to our next round. Mm-hmm. Between Leatherface and Norman Bates, who do you think... Um, is is the the one character who has uh, had a bigger impact on horror, the horror cinema? Probably Norman. Norman. I'm still going to go with my boy Leatherface. I, I honestly, too. I honestly think Texas Chainsaw Massacre is probably one of the most influential films as far as pure like horror atmosphere and developing an entire slasher genre of any film out there. I mean, I love Psycho. I think Psycho is great, but there there have been films similar to like characters like Norman Bates in the past. But, yeah, but Psycho perfected but, the twist, though. For well, better or worse. For better and <laughs> brought about Halloween, then Scream following after, so it inspired. Well, so and same, what thing will be with, the next. same thing with Leatherface. Leatherface, Leatherface was before Halloween, Halloween, before Scream, before. Uh, oh, Friday the 13th, The Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, it was before all of them. Alien, Alien was. I, I, don't think there, I don't think there'd be a Jason Voorhees today if there weren't a Leatherface. I think there's I a, lot, a lot of the great, sort of like terrifying giant monster slashers like that's 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 a Sawyer family tradition right my, there. my only problem with that is I feel like even though Leatherface might have inspired a lot of those I feel like he gets overshadowed by them though mm-hmm. that's and, that's just me that's just me in a way all right so we're gonna everybody number one is Norman number two is Leatherface hands behind your back one, Norman. And what's the... Two, Leatherface. What? I don't know the rules. I don't know the yeah. rules. <laughs> the rule is who wins. Who's, who's who the guy wins. who's... In a battle of the slashers, um, who's the guy who comes out on top? Wait, wait, and goes, like... Wait, if they're they, fighting, they fight? we, no, that's no, no, a whole different No, 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 no. Not fighting. We know who wins who's, in a fight. <laughs> who's better? Who's the better film, the better uh. slasher? The, mo- the one who's going to stand the test of time, I guess. The one that is going to terrorize your memories and your nightmares. One, Norman. Two, Leatherface. Ready, set, Go. Leatherface one. Leatherface wins. one. By well, a he'll finger. St- he ha- he'll have more productions, but Norman's just. 
classic. I think I'm Norman, with you, man. Yeah. I do think that Norman perhaps was more influential. I just think Leatherface is more of a, a, a horror-inducing yeah, I don't think there'll be anything psycho anytime soon because they have Bates Motel and that, but Leatherface will keep going. All right, we, I mean, if, I always feel like, inter- like Norman looks like if he's coming at me with a knife, like he could have a chance of catching me. If it's Leatherface, I feel like he's just going to tire himself out with all the needless swinging. Oh, he doesn't <laughs> slow down. I will, I will say, like, I'm, I'm biased in the sense that one of, my, one of my favorite horror films is one of Hooper's films, and that's not the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Seriously? Ooh. Which is... Yeah. Gold. It is. It's the the fact that you can watch this after the first one and realize it's the same writer director doing that. It's a black comedy with 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 Leatherface being back as like this weird romantic kind subplot of, with like, like they the try female to make him sympathetic. Lead. They make yeah. him, they make him sympathetic it and has, lovesick. It has yeah. it has a uh, the, the great horror actor Bill Mosley mm-hmm. in like his first major role as Chop Top, who's this hip who's this hippie serial killer cannibal who is a Nam in the first film yeah. and is picking away at the side of his scalp. It's that's Yeah, that's what I remember from it. Plate. Ah, it's it's honestly like I love this film so much, and 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 the, the the way this film like tops it all off is with a chainsaw duel. <laughs> it doesn't get better than between, that between between Leatherface and the sheriff, played by oh, is it Dennis Hooper? De, uh, De, uh, Dennis uh, Dennis Hopper? Hooper. Dennis Hopper. Hopper. Yes, Dennis, Dennis Hopper. Hopper. Playing on his name, but Tom Hooper and Dennis Hopper. If you want to see, if you want to see Dennis Hopper have a sword fight with chainsaws <laughs> against Leatherface, this is who doesn't want to see that. That is a my must see. It's amazing. Well, makes sense. You are you've got the table right now. We're gonna jump right into. Hey, by the way, I think we're gonna give this one to Leatherface. Sorry, Norman. You, you had a series. Leatherface is up now. He's going on. So last week's winner, Michael Myers, is going up. on with Leatherface. So we'll see who, who takes it next week. So, Mick, we are going to, if, if, if Mr. Producer, Josh, if we can go ahead and get... All right, fantastic. So, Mick... We're going to look at a little bit of your reel here, and then we're going to start talking about this. is your Sever Snape. This is the, the film Sever Snape and the Marauders. One of the few examples you can see of me outside of makeup. A film that we're very proud of. You can watch on YouTube. What is it like to lose something? Fantastic. And then what is this? This is Stella Stannis, the first demon you see is standing against evil in the Baphomet character. And what is this? This is a, this is a fun short film I did with Seth Rogen and Zac Efron called oh. Neighbors 3 Zombies <laughs> Rising. I've never even heard about it. <laughs> this is an upcoming VR series called As Scary Nights that goes as the archivist. Oh, fantastic. So that'll be hopefully coming Scary out this nights. fall. We have oh, yeah? eight episodes of it. Awesome. And here's that Stan again. Yes, with the beautiful Janet Barney is our female, uh, our uh, our lead actress in uh, the show is Evie Barrett, the new sheriff of Lord's Mill. Nice. Ooh, what is this? This is me as Apocalypse, Marvel's Apocalypse. We did this as That's a amazing. sort of teaser for a massive cosplay project. No friend back my suit at all, but the plate. This is amazing. Look at this. I, I work with just some of the most amazing oh, makeup artists in the world. Nothing. Who can sculpt these incredible <laughs> makeups for my face. I love this. I love this right here. We're working with John, the, the, the amazing John C. McGinley in this, it's just an absolute pleasure to, He's to so act. Cool. Now that disturbed me. I don't know what that was, but still. So. That was for a video game called The Evil Within. We did a live action. Oh, did thing you do the mocap for that? Oh well, that was a live action teaser trailer for that, in which That's I played awesome. Laura. So that came out before it's that kind of premiered at E3. I ruined it after calling you that terrible name that I don't deserve to call anyone. Dramatic lighting. 
Thank our friend Carrie Lane, who cannot be with us this week, as she is, she is abroad. But um, she introduced us to you this Carrie week. Carrie is wonderful. She's yeah. she's interviewed me a couple times for Popcorn Talk, actually. And I just I can't thank her enough because that was amazing. At first, you know, better apocalypse than the Brian Singer movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's be safe. That, I mean, fair. That wasn't too much, but um, but that was pretty amazing right there. So, Mick, tell us how. What's going on? Where? When did this start? When did you get into this line of work? Well, you know, it, it's funny. I've, I've, I've kind of followed the path recently of realizing how I got to this point with these sort of characters. Um, this wasn't my first career path. My, my, my actual, my first career path before even getting into acting and effects work and all that was I was a stop motion animator. Oh, seriously? And I, I worked on a. I was an animation intern assistant on shows like Robot Chicken and Moral Oral. And as part of that process of kind of moving puppets, you worked on Robot Chicken. Yeah, that was That's my so first, cool. my very that first is. job in the industry was working on that, and then, and then Moral Oral on a show called Frankenhall. And uh, <laughs> Frankenhall, yeah, Frankenhall was which is, hilarious. Which is also great, but. Uh, uh, what I kind of realized was as as I was animating these is that I was studying motion for not just one character, but a huge variety of characters, both human, animal, every age group and everything. So while you're animating, I'm kind of staring at myself in the mirror and realizing that, you know, I'm I'm acting through each one of these puppets. I'm doing one of the motions, I'm doing a facial thing, and then I'm transferring it over into the the puppet's motion. So after after a while of doing this, I kind of realized, you know, I, I I love I love doing this work, but this isn't what I feel I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to. So I went back to school for two things. I I went to school for acting, and I went to school to study to be an effects artist. So I, I started the acting program first, and then uh, went to the effects school, which was a little less time figuring out how to actually make these prosthetics uh-huh. and all that. And uh, got a job pretty soon after my effects class finished, which was at Amalgamated uh, Dynamics, which is the studio that did all the Alien vs. Predator films. Nice. And uh, that trailer we saw of, uh, of uh, you know, me coming out of the blood was the first project I did with them. Uh, Alec Gillis and Tom Woodruff are two award Did you have multiple arms? Oh, yeah. Okay. I had two puppeteered arms coming out of my sides That's as right. well. And it's a... Really fun character to kill. I, mean, <laughs> I don't don't think that I didn't buy that game immediately just yeah. to kill myself. <laughs> uh, but uh, but once they once we they got dark here. <laughs> but once they realized that not only did I know how this effect stuff worked and how to make it and also how to work with it, uh, since I acted as well, they're just like, okay, come into the studio tomorrow, but we're going to take you off the floor. We want to throw you in one of the suits and see what you do with that. So I did my first film, which was called Harbinger Down. That was mm-hmm. with the amazing Lance Henriksen. Yeah. So the first, so first dude I got to work with was incredible. <laughs> and, uh, and from there, just kind of, you know, spiraled into this, this wild world of portraying these inhuman characters. You know, it's a very small world. Um, so the, the physicality that I kind of learned as an animator came into use there. I'm also nice. extremely thin. So you can build anything off of me. You can see just in that, you know, they built me out to be, you know, seven feet tall, massive, muscular, you know, masculine, feminine, just any sort of character you can think of, they can build off of me and turn me into. And then from there, it's a blank slate of a character to work with. From from the ground up, I just forget everything about myself and develop this physicality, this voice, everything that goes into What's it. What's so great is, like, I, I just, I did not know that you were also the guy that 
you did all the, the effects. You knew how to build these characters. You built the, the makeup and the, the mask. I thought, oh, this is an awesome well, model. All, every, everything, you, everything you see on there are teams of artists that have done that on me. Like, yeah. I, I've done that before in the past like right. for, for other characters and everything like that. But every character you see on there is a different team of artists who have Fantastic. done this on me. Who are all stellar. And who are that amazing. And a lot of them are, are artists that I've worked with on film and TV projects. You mm-hmm. know, and... Uh, you know, if if we're if we're not doing a film together, we've done conventions together. You know, we do Comic Con every year and do a massive project for that. Um, this year, I did a, a Waluigi from like the Nintendo games. <laughs> my my buddy Sig Neutron had just won the you know recent season of Face Off, and got, we got off a film together and like let's do this fun project together. So he he sculpted this makeup, and I just stayed in character all day as a sort of continuous live performance. You know, I don't break character oh at all gosh. when I'm doing the cosplay thing. I just stay. How in hot it. did that get? That one wasn't bad. Okay. Uh, Apocalypse, you can see the sweat stain start from my <laughs> shoulder. Um, and how do you pass the time in the makeup chairs? They're pulling all the stuff. You know, I've, I've had it done so many times now that time flies by me. I mean, really? every, you know, any, any makeup I have done is at least three hours. At least that's a short makeup job. Golly. That's a short and and uh, job. I've been in I've been in the makeup chair for up to eight. Eight nine hours I've had sometimes Dang. of sitting there. Do you have like a catheter? How does that work? <laughs> you know, I, here's a, all my basic human functions and stuff like that just go away. I don't think to drink. Your I don't, body goes on I'm, pause. I'm not hungry. I'm not thirsty. Like they have to remind me to drink water and everything like that because I'm so in the zone of becoming this character that all that stuff just disappears. Like and, the uh, figures on Robot Chicken, you cease to move until they tell <laughs> exactly. you. Exactly. Exactly. Monsters do not urinate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. It's uh, it, in some cases, I just sweat it out because oh, I'm in that and everything. Uh, sometimes there's no option whatsoever because I feel the like this Hellspawn doesn't have lunch, so I'm going to get into character and yeah. just skip it. I don't eat human food; it's fine. In terms of performance, do you feel like you have to go a little bit more over the top, like a little bit more theatrical, to make sure that your performance is getting through the? Prosthetic? Without a doubt, it's everything's a little bit bolder. Um, I I started as a stage actor before I started doing film, which I think is a huge advantage to kind of like go from there and then work yourself. down down uh, from that. Um, I still, you know, outside the makeup and still trying to bring myself down. I'm a little too over the top physically in some of the roles I have. But um, it, uh, it, it, it's definitely an entire different world of, of viewing a character and physicality because, you know, for a lot of roles you go into, it's like you're bringing whoever you are as a person into this human role and just adding a little bit more on top of it. When, when you're given a creature... I don't know what I'm going to look like. I, I don't know what the character is going to look like. I don't know how the makeup's going to move. Um, I'll have a brief idea of how the character is going to be, and then once the makeup goes on, a lot of that's thrown out the window, and the extra eighty percent of it comes into play. And I have to figure out, like, in the hour I have before getting to set, it's like, okay, this is what this character is. Um, the incredible sculptors who sculpt these makeups, they add their own touch of personality and and, and sort of emotion into the makeup when I wear it. So. Sometimes as I'm wearing it, I'm like, oh, this moves in this way. This expresses in this way. And that'll uh, definitely affect my performance. Speaking of performance, what was it like performing with uh, Seth Rogen and Zac Efron? They were so stoked yeah? on this makeup. You have no <laughs> idea. I actually I didn't know what I was getting into the next day. Like My, my, my buddy George Troster, who I've worked with a couple times uh, on, a, on a few different projects, um, amazing makeup artist himself. Uh, he brought me into this and said, hey, I'm doing a zombie commercial tomorrow. Are you available? So I came in. I looked at the script. And it just it said uh, Seth and Zach. 
And then I realized that it was actually a, a promotional sort of short film thing for AMC to promote like the movie Neighbors 2. And I was wondering <laughs> where this film came from. Yeah, yeah. it's it, you can watch it. It's like yeah, a it's on and, Vimeo. Yeah, it's oh, like a, it's yeah. only a minute and a half long, but it's hilarious. It's just this short little thing. And now everyone's just like, please make this a feature length thing. But uh, we will link it on the website you tonight. Could, so. You could see you could see actually hear Seth into the building from like a mile away. <laughs> 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 and uh, Zach was like a, like 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 a, like a small child seeing it for the first time. The entire time he's like, oh my god, this zombie makeup so cool. This is awesome. <laughs> we took it. We took a photo together. Every Thing. It was a really quick sort of like, you know, like quick snappy thing that we did because I think they were like shooting two other commercials <laughs> on location for the film at that day. But it was a blast. It was just one of those weird, unexpected projects that came around. It's like, oh, this is what I'm doing today. I'm the zombie strapped to a chair with these <laughs> two guys. Who would be better during a zombie apocalypse to have on your side defending you? Well, I, I, I love that uh, in, in this short, uh, Zach doesn't want to kill me at all because I'm like the zombie of like his frat brother or something yeah, yeah. like that in it. He's just like, he's my brother. Doesn't matter yeah. if he's dead, man. He's still my brother. And Seth Rogen has like this massive medieval sword <laughs> yeah. that he just had out of nowhere. So... I don't know. I, I feel like uh, Seth would probably be a little bit more ruthless in yeah. his uh, in his taking out of the zombies. I don't know. I've seen this is the end. I I, I would put my money on uh, Zach. Oh, actually, I, love I have, that movie. I haven't seen this is the end. I I, I need to. Though. Oh, you would love it. Zach, I mean, it's right up your alley. Zach, yeah. Zach is significantly more ripped than 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 than, uh, than Seth is. I don't know. Phys- you know, physically, who's running through the zombie apocalypse mm. more? But. Uh, and you know, I'm going to mix up our order here. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Speaking about Apocalypse. Um, there, there's a movie that came on uh, Netflix. It just came out on Netflix this weekend that you actually have cosplayed. Uh, how do you say his name? R- Ryuk. Ryuk. <gasps> I, I yeah. wish I, I, I w- was hoping yes. I forgot I to bring that. I wanted to show that picture. I'll, I'm going to put it up on the website tonight. But that was an amazing, amazing uh, yeah, that job was, you did That there. was done by my friend Lainey, Lainey Chantal, sculpted the makeup along yep. with uh, Robert Vinter and, uh, and, and Michelle Miller. And uh, they, they pulled that costume off in just a matter of a couple weeks. And it, it was incredible seeing that come together. And uh, it, you, just seeing the photos again, like I, I saw a couple photos Yesterday, there were like the best examples. I was like, "Wow, that's that's incredible!" Like what they were able to, you know, what they were able to do with that. Yeah. But seeing myself in the mirror, I was a big fan of the anime when that was on. I loved that character. So when they when they had He's the so idea great. of doing that for the first time, like one hundred percent in. Well, since we're talking about, could you, could Megan and Mick, could you guys kind of fill us in? What is Death Note? What is it about? And then what's this new film that she's so stoked right now? Death Note is an anime and manga series about a young genius in Japan. He's a high school student named Light. Uh, Light Yagami, not Light Turner. Uh, that'll inform you on my opinion of the movie. <laughs> and I think um, we're going to see the trailer of the film come up here in a second. Too. Basically, he's a genius, and uh, one day All he's bored, and he he sees a book fall down from the sky called the Death Note. Yeah, where basically genius. you write a person's name in the Death Note, and they'll die within two minutes. And there are a bunch of little rules and idiosyncrasies that you like, can also write how. Yeah, you can write how uh, as long as it's physically yes, possible. Um, but this and Netflix film came out. It doesn't take long for him in the series okay. to become a sociopath and go, okay, I'm going to use this to become the god of the new world. Right. Uh, that I will create in my image, I will destroy all the evil criminals and make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. This film, on the other hand, 
It focuses on a character named Light Turner, uh, as, as you can see, who is not Japanese, uh, <laughs> clearly, um, who also, in the same way, gets the death note and also starts putting down the names of not even criminals at first. At first, it's just bully. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's sort of the story of how he trying to, quote unquote, do good ends up, it spins out of control, especially when a detective uh, named L starts tracking him down. Mm -hmm. And um, am I kind of giving a review of the film? No, 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 that's good. That's a good explanation. No spoilers. No spoilers. And before... Just came out, you know, on Netflix. What did, Cheeseman, what did you think? You saw the film yesterday. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I wanted to see almost more of it. Like, I almost wish they would have turned it into a TV series so they could expand it because it felt like they kind of had to rush things and everything. But it was definitely an interesting concept, interesting story. Story, good acting. The production quality was really good. I was amazed at the production quality. I agree with him. I knew nothing of the TV series. Um, Honestly, that's the best way to watch this movie. Yes. It's to know nothing about Death Note. Um, for, for me, I love the original series. And as an adaptation, this does not do a good job. It does not properly translate the cat and mouse dynamic of Light and L. It loses a lot by making it focus on an American high school student as opposed to a Japanese high school student. A lot of the subtext gets lost. Um, here's the thing. It would have been great as is. And again, perfect performances. Willem Dafoe as Ryuk is gold. Oh, he was great. That was great. Every minute he's yeah. on screen is amazing. So fun, fun fact about Ryuk's performance in this. It's actually two different actors portraying yeah. Ryuk in this. It's, it's Willem Dafoe is the face and voice of Ryuk, and then a buddy of mine, Jason Lyles. Oh yeah, because it's very intimate community of like people who do this sort of like mm-hmm. creature physical works. So is hard. the body of Ryuk in this? So basically, and he was on set doing everything for the character other than the face and voice. And the combination uh, of live action and CGI works really well. Um, But in my opinion, this would have worked better as is as an episode from Tales from the Crypt. Like, oh, I love Tales big, from the Crypt. The big problem with this is that it's called Death Note. Yeah. If it wasn't called Death Note, I would have a far better opinion of it. Does that's too much pitch alternate titles. Uh. <laughs> murder Book is, uh, is one my friend Markia came up with. She's like, if it have was called Murder it? Book, it'd be I have fine. not seen the film yet. Kill I, I, Graham. I, I need to. I've, I've been hearing about it for a, a while just through Jason having yeah. you know gone out for a couple months to film it and everything. So I, I, I still need to... I need to go into it knowing like what other people are just like. Don't have any preconceived notions. This yeah. is going to be a direct adaptation. I, of the did you movie. watch the series? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I straight up had mimosas because it was too early for hard liquor. <laughs> <laughs> it's never too early for hard liquor. But um, <laughs> don't don't put rules on yourself. I Believe know. in yourself. It's <laughs> <laughs> there's no kids watching. But, but like I said. Um, if you're a big fan what of the What did we say about irresponsible parents earlier? <laughs> if you're a big fan of the original series, you are going to have to let that go if you even want to attempt to enjoy this. Um, if you're not super tied to it, then you will probably have a fun time. Again, performances are great. Visual effects are pretty good. Um, yeah, that's... You're not going to get any nicer words from me. Okay, that's right. I actually enjoyed... Where can, what- I, where can I see the original? Uh, yeah. The original is on Netflix, uh, at least last time I checked. Um, if not, the DVDs are available on Amazon. I think there's like 37 episodes or something. Yeah. Something um, like that. And, and they're again, adapting that into the one movie. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, that's, really, I think, the problem. Really only the first arc, which is, a lot of fans will say, the, the most important arc, is the, the cat and mouse game between Light and L. Yeah, is, after, the, is the best part after of the a certain in, 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 in the animated series, once a certain important character takes their exit, I'm just like, this show has gone on. It was 
meant to end that at it that point. It should have. It was meant to end at that point, but money. Yeah, yeah, and I, I do agree with you. Like having not seen the series, <clears throat> I didn't. I'm, <clears throat> I'm all gunked up now. I heard that um, before I saw it. I heard that it was not pleasing to those who were fans of the series, and so I, I did. I tried to go into it blind. I, I enjoyed it for what it was, but it felt so much like it should have been a series. Like, there yeah. was, like, so you could tell there were this character and this character, they were, like, anime characters, they were comic book level yeah. characters that you didn't get to know them hardly at all, and then, I don't know, it, it was... I will say that the original series is not without its flaws. It certainly can be very melodramatic at points, but in my opinion, it is a far superior piece of media. Uh, I will say, if you want a good distilled version of Death Note, watch the Death Note musical composed by Frank Wildhorn. It is amazing. Where do we see that? (laughs) That's a great question. Uh, We'll find out. The internet. I'm going to find the musical version of anything before I go back to actual source material. I mean, it is in Japanese, so you'll have to get it with subtitles. But okay. We amazing. have been having so much fun tonight. We are coming close to the end of our episode, but there are three things I want to hit on real quick. First, Jake. Yes. Jake, I want <laughs> Why are you here with us tonight? I'm here talking not officially as a spokesman for my place of work, but just as a guy who likes it. Uh, we do Halloween tours every year. Where is your place of work? It's Warner Brothers Studio Tour Hollywood. Yes. And, That's uh, awesome. The last two years, we've done exhibits that focus on the Conjuring movies. Um Gremlins, The Exorcist, stuff from like Regan's Bedroom Doors. So I can't give away too many details about what they're planning to put in, but I will say that the exhibit, exhibit, Ah, he's not telling us. um, Wink, wink. Things that will not only scare you, but tickle your funny moment. Oh, that's awesome. I get it. Why is he saying exhibit so well? I don't know. It's an exhibition. When does the exhibition start? Check the website. Google Warner Brothers Studio Tour Hollywood for exact dates. It's going to be in October. That's pretty awesome. Right now, if you want to go in, we have some of the pieces from another scary property, Pretty Little Liars, with great Halloween specials and costumes that they had on those episodes. Oh, do they really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, and what isn't the Wonder Woman exhibit there as well? Yes, there's nothing scarier than war. And the God of War, Ares, <laughs> is at the Wonder Woman exhibit, too. So that just opened this summer. That Come, was excellent. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Megan. Um, I, I do a channel called Silver Screams, and we did our first red carpet earlier this week, um, or last week on Tuesday. We went to the Hatchet 10th Anniversary red carpet, which we all thought was just the 10th anniversary celebration. But surprise, it was actually the premiere of Hatchet 4. And none of us knew that we all everybody in the press was like looking at the the tip sheets and everything like that and we're like oh they're gonna announce hatchet for that's that's what that's what's up that's the special announcement um and then it turned out that this it turned out to be a wonderful gift to a bunch of fans who had bought tickets thinking that they were just gonna sit down and watch the original hatchet like they had a million times before it was a gift to people who had been with the franchise uh, from the beginning. And I can't say anything about the plot because Adam Green actually made a point of saying, hey, guys, do not spoil this. And, guys, it's impossible to pirate because I am holding the only (laughs) copy of this movie. Adam Green, director? Um, Yeah, and they're going around and doing a 10th anniversary tour where they're um, screening the film in different cities before it gets uh, widely distributed later this year. Probably on DVD, but I don't know. There might be a limited... 
uh, theatrical run. They're still working that out. And but. most people probably know about Hatchet, but could you fill us in on what Hatchet uh, is for Hatchet those is, uh, it's the horror film series uh, that takes place down in the Louisiana Bayou uh, about a character named Victor Crowley, who is played by Kane Hodder, who uh, murders anybody who is just unfortunate enough to come into his neck of the swamp. Um, <laughs> and it is all sorts of stupid, campy, over-the-top horror gory fun that's awesome and if uh, the first film isn't my favorite but they because it's a student film it's a first film they're just you know they're just trying to figure it out they had a budget of like seven dollars but the series progressively <laughs> they gets stretched it. They, it, it progressively gets more and more over the top and goofy and fun and you can just tell that everybody who's a part of it is having a ball and a lot of horror like horror icons make cameos like Tony Todd and um, Robert England and and uh, Tom Holland, like a lot of people within the horror community end up in these movies and they end up getting super murdered. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That, that's awesome. I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see it. Thank you for um, telling us about that. Um, I just got a text from Luke that says he hasn't eaten. <laughs> I, I have not eaten. <laughs> I don't know why that... <laughs> can, can you please hurry this up? <laughs> it's dinner time. Why the pop up on my computer? Brad, hello, Brad. Brad must be watching or oh. he's texting. Well, I don't know if he's watching, but he's texting. Brad, if you're watching, we haven't eaten yet. We, we'll eat. I have somebody on the eaten. show just like, oh my God, are we done yet? I'm so <laughs> <laughs> I remember a few times back, a friend of ours, Griswold, he, uh, I was sitting there and I got a text. He goes, Pick me up in and out on the way back. Can you pick me up in and out on your way home? Like, <laughs> in the middle of a show. All right. The, the, we're One gonna... finger if you have eaten, two if you have not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is a, this week we're going to close out with a, a, a kind of cool, creepy story. Are you guys familiar with the Slender Man? Yep. Yes. All right. Who isn't? So we have a picture of Slender Man that is popping up on the screen right now. Slender Man um, is this super creepy internet meme that started in 2009 back on Creepypasta, the Creepypasta website. And um, it's completely and fully invented on the internet. It's this tall man in a suit. You can't see his face. And he he apparently he's he shows up. And I think we have one. We don't have to show the next one. Little Tony's Pizza Bread. That's where we're going. All right. So, yeah, there, this is the picture that is so crazy. This is one of the first ones that came out. If you look, you see the fun kid going up the ladder. But look back in the the distance underneath the tree. There's the Slender Man with the kids, right? They're so creepy. And these things showed up all over the internet, became an internet sensation. This is like a modern urban legend. It just really took form. People believe it. In 2000, what year was it? Three years ago. Uh, was that 13? Or was that 14? 14. 2014. Okay. Two 12-year-old girls had a sleepover with their friend, another 12-year-old girl, and um, they were big believers in Slender Man. And that night, because they felt that Slender Man was coming to kill them, they had they took their friend out into the woods and stabbed her 19 times trying to kill her. It's a terrible story. It's an absolutely terrible story. Why are we talking about this? Well, we're talking about this because they're, um, the trial the the girls were in court last week. They are going to trial to to stand to see if they are competent to stand trial. One trial starts in September. The the others trial they're try, being tried separately. The other trial starts in October. HBO did a very um, cool documentary called Beware the Slender Man to tell the whole thing about how how things can take hold of you. This whole big buildup is because of this. So I was, we have a, an article on the scare guy right now about um, these little girls and, and they're 15 now and, and being in court and everything and then the, the pull of Slenderman and why it's so scary and everything. And then um, talking about the HBO documentary, I was sitting there and I was watching the documentary. I was, okay, streaming it from my phone 
onto you know, Apple TV, and I get within 10 minutes, it's the middle of the night, then all of a sudden my television starts flashing. <laughs> oh, and it goes geez. off. Which, Which is that? one of the paranormal things, supposedly. He oh, does. yeah. Uh, so, uh, supposedly when he's around, electronic things start not working. For, That's for, functioning. Yeah. So I'm at first, I lost the feed. I'm like, That's odd. And then my television starts flashing and doing this. And then I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, Oh, well, maybe I, I met, and I went to, I got a text, and all of a sudden my phone started flashing and going crazy. And like, I downloaded all these viruses and everything on the phone. So I had to close everything down, shut it all down. Couldn't see it again. So I was plenty freaked out. And if you guys don't know, Cheeseman's my my roommate. So I was like, man, that's so stinking scary. The next night, I'm up preparing something and, you know, fall asleep. I have this light over my bed on. I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm completely dead asleep. Mr. Producer, can you roll the camera? Roll the video, please. He has footage. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I think we have it here. Yeah. Yep, there it is. All right, so this is how that is me asleep, and look who's coming in. Oh, it's hello. It's Slender Man. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Oh, this is so stupid. Oh! <laughs> 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 what is that? <laughs> Golly! I don't know. I can't figure out what's going on. He probably wouldn't have found you if you turned off your <laughs> lamp over your bed. Hey. Oh. I was I was so scared. Look, I, I know you guys think this is really funny, but speaking as a tall, skinny guy who often wears a suit, I find this deeply offensive. <laughs> and I'm gonna leave. <laughs> You're gonna go do this tonight to I, I don't appreciate this minstrel show of tall, skinny guys in suits that you're putting oh on God. here. So anyways, the reason we're showing this, this is part of the Scare Jim video series. Luke has been scaring me for like about a year or two years now. And I encourage anybody, if you have any videos of you scaring somebody safely, please send those into us. We would love to see them. We don't want to be responsible for anybody getting hurt. Please send yours. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Mick, I know. By the way, that was at 5 a.m. on Hulu. Now, so. that happened at 5 a.m. And Luke, what? And it was not planned either. It was not pre-planned. I got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, see a light on, open the door, and like, oh, he didn't wake up. Then I'm like, I'm not going to go that far over and turn his light off. So then I go back to bed, start laying there, and I'm like, you know, you could really scare him real bad. <laughs> he can't resist. I, don't, I gotta go back to bed, like, do it. <laughs> it's like it's like Death Note, and then like, like all right, I can't fall ear. asleep until I put on a suit at five a.m. Oh, I thought you were just to put the a suit anyway. I thought I, I, you, I, you always usually are in suits. I mean, he does. <laughs> just Willem Dafoe is in your room. You know, where'd you, you get the mask? To. Where'd you get the white mask? I took a white T-shirt, kind of stretched <laughs> it back, and I couldn't see anything because it wasn't one of those see-through ones. So then I just had to follow lights. I basically walked to the doorway and then I put it. I put on the suit first, then put on You're the right, mask. Jake, it was and then the followed light. the light in the room, it's and like then I'm moth. just like, okay, his bed's here. And then I, like, then I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I'm like giving him a heart attack, so I'll just do this weird hand thing so he does it's not totally. I woke up and it was like this in my face, and I'm like, what is that? By the way, great horror movie short. If anyone wants to make this online and post it, but that story from your point of view, and it's not Jim in the bed when you try to scare him. Guys, we need to wrap up the show tonight. This has been an awesome, awesome show. Mick, Megan, Jake, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. Everybody, thank you for joining us tonight on The Scare Guy Show. We hope you will subscribe. Um, You can find us at The Scare Guy. 
Um, on Twitter, you can go to thescareguy.com. Follow me at conguyjim. Oh, I'm Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Mangwin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I am also on a bunch of shows at our sister network, Afterbus TV. And be sure to follow Silver Screams at Silver underscore Screams on Twitter and Instagram. Woo! I will. And I'm Mick Ignis. You can find me on various Mick Ignis-related social media things like Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. And be sure to watch Stand Against Evil, which uh, is on season one on Hulu right now. Are you in season two? And season two as well, which Woo! is going to be premiering on November 1st. So Fantastic. catch up on Hulu and check out season two. All right. I'm at J. T. Hummus. If you want to visit the Warner Brothers Studio Tour, visit at WB Tour Hollywood. Hashtag WB Tour Hollywood. Get some tickets coming down. We'll have a Can great time. Can they specially request you? No. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> I will. Ask for Jake. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Cheeseman on the Couch. You can find me at thescareguy.com and on the Instagram and Twitter. And then if you want to see me personally, at Luke on Twitter. All right. Again, thank you, everybody. We will see you in our darkest nightmares. <laughs> everybody else, we'll see you next week. No. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we'd like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. News and fresh air, those are the hotels.